0: Hello, welcome to Pull to Open, an ongoing quest to watch all of Doctor Who in random order. I'm Pete Paschal. And I'm Chris Taylor,
1: and we're a couple of journalists who've written quite a lot about Doctor Who, uh, watched it even more, and really love to nerd out about it, especially when we're watching it in random order.
0: Oh yes, that's <laughs> our thing. It's our lot in life. How you doing, Chris? I'm doing
1: great. I I just got my second shot, just to uh, to place this in time and space. I'm... Uh, the, the, the end of the pandemic is approaching, and I am almost fully immune. Uh, awesome. It's It's been a long year, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting back out there.
0: Congratulations. Uh, immune to viruses, both microscopic and man-sized. <laughs> yes, appropriate
1: for this week's show, which features yeah. microscopic killers uh, once again. Yeah. Uh, it's something yeah, it we've sense. covered before, but yeah. True.
2: Yeah, it
0: um, yeah, should be a good one. Yeah, should be a good one. Um, it's funny the randomizer has been. Uh, as 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 listeners of the show know, we the, we we tune into the Doctor Who randomizer, uh, and it blasts us around uh, the the show and picks the episodes for us. And it's been it's been eerily. Um, it seems to have a weird pattern to it of late.
1: It's it's super scary. I'm um, I'm actually you know sort of making jokes in previous week that I'm a little bit scared of the randomizer. Now I'm really scared of the randomizer, yeah. um, for reasons that we all get to. It kind of it almost predicted a news event of the week. Yeah. Bizarrely, um, you know, I know that we're humans and we we match patterns and we're, we we just see patterns and things that that aren't there and random noise, but. Um, but yeah, I think we've <laughs> I think i have really seen it this week, and uh, I'm a little disturbed about where the, where the randomizer is going to take us next, and what big news event is it going to
0: predict? Yeah, well, it's been funny because uh, I feel like how many episodes of Doctor Who feature a uh, alternate fascist Earth? Mm. It, probably not really that many, or even even a fascist sort of society. Yep. Um, and we we got two in a row.
1: We've got two in a row. Uh, it was Inferno last week, uh, the the best-known fascist Britain episode, and now perhaps a lesser-known uh, fascist episode in The Perimeter, of the End of the World and The Lie of the Land.
0: Yeah, very recent. Uh, the sort of two-parter Pocaldi. Uh, <laughs> pacaldi episode. P- uh... Picaldi, yeah, you just, uh, you know, shorten his name. Uh, cool. He's just Picaldi. Well, that's funny when my son, who he's 11 now, but now when he was younger, I think when uh, Peter Cabaldi was selected, he would, that's, that's how he would say it. You know, it's like Paschetti. I love it.
1: I love it. Uh, That's, that's his name now, as far as the show is concerned.
0: (laughs) Um, (laughs) Um, But but yeah, yeah. like jumps right into this, this, uh, jumps us right to another fascist Britain. More jackbooted thugs running around. Um, another, you know, is, is who is who is on the side of the bad who is on the side of the good etc yeah and another uh,
1: story straight from inferno another story of of scientists in a lab destroying the world mm-hmm. by through sheer arrogance or hangovers Those um must be scientists they gotta you yeah. know
0: <laughs> we gotta get some cameras in there <laughs> or something because they're just off doing crazy things and uh, you know honestly <laughs> yeah. given what the world has seen uh in the real world, I feel like mm. uh we're you know, we're we're probably a hair's breadth away from doomsday at any any particular time. Um you know, this so, this actual yeah. thing in this episode where there's a microbe that could get out and destroy everything, you know, has actually been come close to happening a couple of times. Right. Um so, yeah, yeah. yeah, keep keep
1: that smallpox locked up, please, US and yeah. Russia. Um yeah, but before we get into this, let's, let's do a little housekeeping. Uh, we, mm-hmm. we seem to have gone viral on TikTok again. You betcha.
0: So, yes, for those of you familiar with the TikTok franchise pulled open, um, <laughs> this is the fuel for those TikToks that uh, I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying making them. I'm enjoying seeing the audience uh, comment on them. And it's even led to one of our uh, TikTok fans to find us here on Apple Podcasts, if you happen to be listening on Apple Podcasts. Uh, and we've got our first review.
1: I'm super excited about this because I've not heard this review, I've not read it, and and Pete just told me about it this morning, and he's now gonna read it to me live uh, for my uh, live Insta reaction to our very first pull to open review.
0: Yes, and before I do, I want to again (laughs) remind everyone we are a podcast. In case you're uh, encountering this on a web embed somewhere, uh, please head over to your favorite podcast app, whether it's Google, Spotify, Apple, uh, Overcast or whatever you like and uh, please subscribe and go ahead and leave your own review mm. uh, We really enjoy the five-star reviews, but you know Honestly, we'll take we'll take whatever you want to say and we would love to hear what you think of the show what you like what you don't like and uh, Just you know uh, Whatever your thoughts are so yeah, this whatever, one, this whatever review, you want to hear.
1: We, we we take requests
0: So this one comes from Janice online. I hope I'm getting that right and it could be Jenna is online. Oh, Jenna is online. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Janice. It's not Janice. Janet, Hi, Jenna. Thank you for leaving your review. It says just what I was looking for. That's the title. Yes. Found this podcast through TikTok and I'm thoroughly impressed. As a Doctor Who lover, all I want to do is listen to some cool people talk about how cool and sometimes how ridiculous it is. So glad I came across this pod and I'm excited for more. And so are we. Oh, Jana. my. Thank you, Jan. Yeah, well, very, very kind of her to call us cool people. I got to say. Yeah,
1: yeah, cool people talking about cool stuff. That's that's what we are, Pete. Yeah,
0: absolutely. We're, I, <laughs> certainly, we're cool. when I was growing up, <laughs> uh, I was regarded as very cool for liking the cool show <laughs> Doctor Who. So this fits completely with my life choice. Yeah, as uh, a lot of validation that Jan is giving me here. I, I'm uh, sure. I'm sure it was the same view, you.
1: you know, all the cool kids on the playground were, were gathered in one talk- corner talking about Doctor Who. That's that's
0: definitely yeah, how it especially was, in, especially in Western Canada. <laughs> um But uh thank you so much for listening. Yeah, please tell your friends and your certainly your Doctor Who friends about it. Um and uh yeah, like as soon as Janet, as soon as we get swag for the show, you get uh a free T shirt, mug or uh TARDIS key. Whatever yeah. we end up
1: making. Pull to open would be a great thing to have in a T shirt honest that's
0: 100 percent. yeah it's a great idea let's, let's get to it'd it be, it'd be like if it was if you could actually pull it to open that could be a fun that could be fun beachwear <laughs> i've always
1: wondered why that is on the front of the tardis by the way pulled to it like you don't know how to operate a door <laughs> for the 0.001 percent of you who've never opened doors before really here's how it works
0: yeah well it's funny because you know well <laughs> we don't have to get into it. He pushes to open yes. every single time. <laughs> um, it's actually so. the
1: ultimate Doctor Who joke. It's like the longest running gag in oh. history. Um, and also, you know, he doesn't even use the sonic screwdriver to open the doors, which uh, is another thing that the Randomizer has shown us recently.
0: Lots of sonic yeah. opening door scenes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> there's, the, there's the snapping of the fingers, uh, but, you mm. know, that's a, that's a little... A uh, little, little too dramatic, um, but yeah, like the the pull to open. Um, we, you know, there is an episode later, I believe, when Eggleston started actually using the phone. They mm. showed that that little door for the phone in the front actually pulls. Yep. So if you want to get really nerdy about it, you could say it's accurate. Yeah, that, that it, you do actually pull something to open. You'd think uh, that
1: more people walking past the TARDIS in the junkyard might have tried that but right. but no no we don't even see it until new who
0: yeah it it took like something like 40 years mm. all right speaking of new who mm. we yes we,
1: we are the only podcast who uh takes all of doctor who in random order and that means we take the rough with the smooth and the good with the bad and we went from inferno which is widely regarded as one of the best episodes of doctor who to the Pyramid of the End of the World slash The Lie of the Land in uh, the Peter Capaldi era, which is not one of the best episodes <laughs> of Doctor to, Who. To, well, to put um, it lightly, it's not yeah.
0: regarded as such. Like, we'll get to our verdict, but yes. Uh, but what
1: we not- should tackle first is, so this is widely thought of as part of the, the Monks trilogy um, right. with, with the episode that precedes it, which is called Extremis. And I know that Who nerds are probably you know, there are definitely some Who nerds out there listening to us right now and shaking their little fists saying, Why didn't you include Extremis? And that is uh, I think another reason why the randomizer brought us here is it's sort of exposing my most difficult call
2: mm-hmm.
1: when I was originally making this spreadsheet. Um and uh, I sort of, you know, had to decide what was a who story and what wasn't. Then I, you know, I ran a you, beat. And I, th- I think you had a few suggestions like making Mission to the Unknown part of the Dalek Master Plan. You know, we can buy right. those. Uh, but there, there are these calls you have to make. If, if we're watching a singular story, you know, what, what counts as that? And there are many occasions where stories sort of bleed into each other. But they don't really, you know, like we, we never really think of them as Who fans, as singular stories. And Extremis, I mean, yes, it, it is a trilogy. It's mm-hmm. probably the only <laughs> trilogy in in Who history this, where each episode is written by someone different. Uh, Moffat had a hand in the second one, but otherwise it's sort of, you know, it's Moffat uh and then uh toby whitehouse does the last one and i forget the, the name of the writer who does pyramid um but it's sort of it's almost like this uh, exquisite corpse game where you just sort of write your episode you fold a piece of paper over extremis mm-hmm. is really self-contained um really self-contained spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen it it's it's all you know a simulation the doctor discovers he's part of the simulation anyone who reads the Extremis document discovers they're part of the simulation they all kill themselves um, I think it would have been super weird by the way had we included it the randomizer took us here and then uh, you know because there's the, the scene in the in extremis where everyone at CERN the the, the lab um, right, yeah. realizes that they just say the same random number uh, you know, if, if they're yeah. asked for a random number because computers can't simulate randomness and that's, you know, ties into the fact that we use random.org, which uses atmospheric noise to choose our random episode of Doctor Who. Uh, so that would have been super creepy. Um,
0: yeah. But Actually, i got to be I'm honest... Commenting on randomness, yeah. That's
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe we should try that whenever we get to Extremis, People, we'll, we'll just sort of say random numbers on it. Um, <laughs> but... This? I've got to be honest, the main reason why I was against uh, linking the, the trilogy as a single story, apart from the fact that it, just, it doesn't seem to be necessary from story purposes, is I love Extremis. I think it's a great mm. sort of bottle episode in in many ways. It's, it's self-contained. It's one of those Moffat classics like Heaven Sent, like Listen... You know it it just it's it's self contained around a wonderful idea, and it's the thing he does best and I just wanted to not connect it to these other two, which are thoroughly disappointing um but what do, what do yeah. you think Pete was that the right call
0: uh, I don't know i mean i I kind of see it both ways in that I think ultimately it probably is um though Seeing it that way, I might, I might even separate all three of them. Mm. Um, in that, the it's it's almost like the Matrix movies, you know, like cause I, <laughs> I, I think, good analogy, you know, yeah. It, generally, most you know everyone thinks knows the Matrix is a classic, mm. um, and the the sequels weren't so great. And uh, this might be not the perfect analogy because I think the Matrix sequels, since they were made back to back and are very connected, tend to um get lumped together and rightly so and so here i think there's probably there's that elements of that i mean it's clearly there's a there's more of a i mean they're both clear all cliffhangers or the first two are cliffhangers but the second one even more so um Hmm. the first one's kind of like what happens next and the second one you're like well you got to fix this um and so, yeah, I feel like, I feel like maybe that I could have gone either way. Um, I think yeah. that ultimately, I think this is the right call because to your point, to go into just the pyramid at the end of the world, um, I think there's there's certain things that sort of get paid off and, and particularly with the monks later that you, you need that context uh to really fully analyze the story so i think i think this was you could it was either separate them all or do it the way we did it mm. and i'm glad we're doing it the way we did it for the first reason you mentioned which is that <laughs> we don't have to do this three times <laughs> you know let's just let's just get these last two out of the way
1: yeah i think Extremist sort of feels more like a prequel uh um, yeah and and then the other two you know definitely lie the land has to resolve the fact that the the monk's Take over the world, the evil plan succeeds. Sorry sorry to get ahead of ourselves by, uh, you know, sort of spoiling the plot. But perhaps we should get into our regular feature that we've started doing at the end, at the beginning of every show, TLDW.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Where one of us recaps in, in limited amount of time the entire story that we will be discussing for the rest of the show. And this, uh, this week it's the turn of Pete Pachal at the at the TARDIS controls, um, and we've decided that for new Who episodes, you get one minute per per episode to to recap the story. So yeah. Pete, you have you have two
0: minutes. Okay, uh-huh. I'm not sure if that's generous or not. I just hope <laughs> I don't make up entire scenes <laughs> that didn't happen,
1: like I did last time. So, okay. Well, okay. that would I'm, be I entirely my... appropriate, actually. Yeah. You know, just make it fake News <laughs> Central. Give us an entirely fake story. Um, all right, so, so two going... minutes. I'll give you, I'll so give I'm not you a gonna time risk check.
0: Anything. I'm going to just make sure I'm not looking at anything. I'm going to a random yep. tab. Yeah, we're doing I this like, entirely I no live. No notes, everything, all, everything's closed completely from memory. Okay, here we go. All right, I'll give you and time re-ray.
1: checks at every 30 seconds. And go.
0: All right. There's previously on, uh, which references uh, Bill's date from uh, the last episode. Uh, oh, what's her name? Penny? I forget her mm. name. Patty? One of her, her girlfriend. They're going back. They're laughing about uh, what what happened in the simulation that, that Bill was told about. And she said, oh, the Pope walked into my apartment. And then suddenly UN troops <laughs> walk into her apartment. Mm. And uh, essentially tell seconds. her, "Yo, we, we need you now. And they take her to the, the plane uh, that we've seen before, which is the plane of the president of the world. They get the doctor to come. Uh, they take this TARDIS out of the school and they realize there's a pyramid. There's a pyramid that is in uh, that has just appeared out of nowhere. And it's a thousand, four thousand years old, but it's in the middle of a conflict zone uh, in a fictional country called Turmenistan or something like that. And so there's three armies. It looks like this: the end of the world is going to happen More here. Minute. The 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 oh my god the 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 monks. <laughs> it's about the monks are behind this. The monks that we saw, and they're here to uh, conquer the world. But they have to be asked. They have to be asked to we conquer the world, uh, which is weird. So the doctor's trying to figure out why here, why now. Well, first of all, there's this lab where a microbe was going to destroy the world. And the whole thing with the UN conflict zone was a mislead. And so the doctor figures that out. But there's one big thing he forgot, which is that he's blind. And so he has to, he In can't a get out of the lab because there's a combination lock. So Bill asks the monks to save him, thus giving them essentially the keys to the world. So what they do is they take over the world. With brainwaves, they brainwash everybody into thinking they've been there forever since the dawn of time. But really, they've only been there six months, and they use all these statues um, to, to to subjugate the population. But the Doctor leads a rebellion, uh, forces them off the planet by using Bill's memory of her mother, the one and memory the photo. Wow.
1: <laughs> that was impressive, Pete. You did it just, just at the buzzer. You got to Bill's mother, which is a <laughs> really the end <laughs> I, I, was, I was like so
0: like oh my god i've got a like i got i did a minute and a half on the first one and i was like how do i cram everything into the last 30 seconds and i i, I think i got that most of the key points <laughs> oh, it was
1: wow. that was very Doctor Who like the way that the show will often sort of just
0: wrap everything up in the last five minutes <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think that was very appropriate. I love it. Um, a lot of
0: setup, up, rushed ending.
1: Yeah, yeah. There was there was about 20 seconds on Bill's date, which maybe... Uh...
0: Yeah, there was... I, I don't know. I was just like, okay, there's, I'm spending too much. It's kind, this reminds me of a time I was trying to explain Batman Begins to someone. And I went into a lot of him getting into fights overseas when they were like, when's Batman show up? And I was like, oh, okay. I, I love it, though, because it, it is... Uh, you're
1: basically, by by focusing on the date, you're referencing the fact that they're taking the the best joke in Extremis, um, which is that the Pope showing up in the middle of Bill's date with uh, (laughs) Penny, who is obviously, you know, Penny is someone very nervous, hasn't necessarily uh, dated a girl before, um, you know, and it's sort of uh, perhaps, perhaps she's Catholic, perhaps she's religious. And then the fact that the Pope shows up in, in in the bedroom in the middle of the date is is just, I, I think one of the funniest things I've seen ever in the history of Doctor Who uh, is yeah. played so perfectly, and after watching Pyramid and Lie the Land um, with, with my wife, you know, she didn't remember if she'd seen Extremis, so we went back to the beginning to watch it, but also because I wanted to watch that joke again, because it's, it's just, the, the, the comic timing is brilliant, and yeah. it's sort of the first big sin of of Pyramid is is the fact that they just replicate the joke. And, okay, eh, it's kind of funny the second time around, but not really.
0: Yeah, it's almost like the whole episode is a bit Cribs notes, you know, mm-hmm. of a lot mm-hmm. of things. But in particular, like, yeah, like, they they just kind of do the same thing again. Um and it's it's not it like you say it doesn't have that religious sin overtone, uh like what's going on here like what is the word like like what is the number one person you don't want to show up right now from yes. the entire world, <laughs> uh and it's what, is it the pope oh wow you know and so mm-hmm. that that is completely lost it's just it's just referencing really and just kind of doing it again out of a it's it's a bit funny but it's not it doesn't quite work the same way so again like we're like you say like you know with the whole the sequel that doesn't work the matrix sequel that doesn't Mm. work you you're doing this but it's like eh, it just doesn't doesn't feel like like it's it's a prime
1: prime example and so the the pope is the pope like the pope is instantly recognizable no matter who you put in the costume uh the un secretary general not so much um right but speaking of real people we should get to the, the one reason why that this is super spooky uh the choice that the randomizer made here Um, because when when the monks take over Earth, they broadcast lots of images of themselves inserted into world history, Uh, you know, themselves with uh, Einstein, themselves with MLK, and so on and so on. And um, one of them is a picture of the Queen and Prince Philip. And this is the only episode of Doctor Who to to ever feature a uh, photograph of Prince Philip, who sadly passed away at the age of 99, um just just yesterday mm-hmm. it was the day before we recorded the show and uh the, the day that i was watching it so that was super bizarre um
2: yeah yeah, yeah it's, and uh... a little spooky
1: like of all the 297 stories we could have picked uh the randomizer takes us to one where you know the only one feature prince philip and then he dies so yeah i'm a little worried about where we're going next i have gotta say yeah so so
0: um to be honest with you I, I completely missed the photo because <laughs> I feel like by the end and um you know, this is this is really kinda happens towards the end when they're in the final sort of fake news central in the middle of the pyramid. I don't know. I was just so over it, you yeah. know, and I was just kinda like not even really paying attention. Like I feel like I mean I was paying attention, but I wasn't like riveted to the point where i'm like oh wow look at all this oh my god and mount <laughs> everest and martin luther king and they're all the-. like you know what i mean like at this point i'm like okay i get it and i kind of want the show to be over and yeah. i was barely like recognizing anyone because i wasn't even really like eh, i get it yeah they're, they're in world history and we're, we're gonna stop that now um so wh- when does it happen is it like right away is it sort of in the middle is there any any sort of reference beyond just here's a photo
1: yeah it's just you're seeing many photos on the on the screen at the same time so it's definitely a blink and you miss it thing um it's also i mean one one photo that definitely jumps out at you is donald trump um -hmm. this is the the first um one of the first episodes to be filmed uh You know, after he'd been elected, I think, but just before he actually took office. So it's kind of oddly prescient in in a number of ways. Uh, It's the first reference probably to him uh, because the UN Secretary General mentions the president. He's like, we're looking for the president. Bill says, I've got nothing to do with him. I wouldn't even have voted for him. He's orange. Right. Um, She doesn't say his name. The, The first time Trump's name is actually used in Doctor Who is in Arachnids in the UK and Jody Whitaker's first season.
0: Um,
1: yeah, the I guess first this time was the
0: Trump. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was the direct reference, but the mm-hmm. um I, I guess the orange thing wasn't tired by then. Like I feel like yeah. You know, orange was a, you know, it's obviously a cheap kind of uh it uh, It is a very cheap shot and
1: yeah. uh the the fact that Bill uses it is a little weird. Um but yeah, it's it's we think of it as a cheap shot now. I think uh quite obviously cuz you know, years of of liberal criticism on Twitter was met by a lot of conservative criticism of the liberal criticism saying, Oh, all you're saying is orange man bat right? right so we kind of stopped pointing out that he's orange um, but yeah his his photo is one that jumps out otherwise they're just sort of a mishmash of, of
0: black and white photos from history um, yeah I got I think I saw Martin Luther King yeah and um, Einstein's in there definitely Churchill's saw the... uh, Einstein. Oh, and Churchill—that was interesting. Mm. Like I, 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 I didn't quite catch it, but as I, I, I had read that they didn't use um, the actor who had been Churchill yes. from the Matt Matt Smith era, and I wonder if that was because they couldn't sort of, you know, uh, you know, you'd obviously have to get the actor to consent, and maybe they just didn't have have the resources or the time to kind of. Um, kind of give him a call i give his agent yeah. i'm sure he would have done it but it's like uh, maybe it's it's, it's fake
1: news central so that's how the the monks inserted this fake picture of churchill right throughout history and he actually did look like how he looked in victory of the daleks
0: um but uh but yeah. but but the monks went to central casting in other words got got the yeah. got the real churchill got this weird um, baby face guy i like uh, that i like that the the <laughs> irony uh the meta irony there it was the wrong um, one
1: residue that was left when they, they exited our imaginations. Yeah, I love it. But, um, but yeah, Prince Philip is in there. And and this comes to us straight after a, a, a show, Inferno, in which we're told the entire royal family is killed. So, mm-hmm. if, if you as the randomizer were trying to signal that a member of the royal family was going to die, uh, these, these are the shows you would pick. So, um, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm kind of hoping wow. that, uh, you know, the, <laughs> well, the next... I'm- episode number is going to like reveal lottery numbers or something and we could just yeah this
0: is very like it's almost lost level um decoding we could do here i feel like we're getting it from atmospheric noise right Hmm. could the doctor be trying to get us a signal through disturbances in the atmosphere that we're picking up as random garbage but he really wants us to watch these episodes in a certain order
1: well well doctor if you're out there um first of all please leave us a review (laughs) <laughs> um, uh, subscribe secondly, come... to us on tiktok <laughs> uh, secondly come be a guest on the show uh we'd Absolutely. love to have you on um you know we, we've got many many questions to ask uh you know we'd we'd love to do your first extensive interview with humanity um you know i know you're a bit sort of camera shy
0: but you know, you, you I, i'd love to like see to... i'd love to see how he does if we quiz him on on trivia on the show, <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if he totally fail. Oh,
2: yeah, speaking
0: I would. speaking of trivia on the show, um, the pyramid at the end of the world has is a, it's an interesting little tidbit is that it is the longest word count of a Doctor Who episode title. Yes, so it's so it's eight words. Uh, it isn't the longest character count, which is is the Doctor, the Widow, and the Wardrobe, um, but it is a it's a it's a neat little uh bit of trivia um and also i guess the title is supposedly uh, a reference to the restaurant at the end of the universe potentially um i yeah. I, I just read that on uh on a write-up of the show uh, i'm not sure if that's a moffat thing or um the uh the writer oh, who was the other writer oh, i keep forgetting you, you you didn't it's like peter something let me actually look it up right now yeah peter I, Harness.
1: Yes i i kind of I, I was hoping there was some write-up somewhere of, of the story behind the scenes of how this got rewritten how moffat's name got added because of course as, as the showrunner he goes through all the scripts with a pretty heavy pen um but it kind of feels like a moffat episode doesn't it mm-hmm. it kind of feels like moffat uh, a bad moffat episode moffat is running on fumes at the end of his run it's his last season and he's just sort of jamming so many ideas in here and that's Main reason yeah. why pyramid doesn't work is that so many ideas are jammed in shoulder to shoulder, and not enough effort is made to make any of them sort of, you know, do do the 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 logical leap um, where where we believe it. Like that, there is almost nothing in this episode that that I believed. Right. Um, and let's start with the, the, the end of the world part. Um, the the geopolitical situation apparently is that. Russia, China, and the U.S. are all in this one country, uh, Termezistan.
0: Termezistan, yeah. Termezistan. Yeah, it's, it's, I, this is one of these irritating things about a lot of shows lately, and I, I, I don't know if it's political correctness or they'd simply mm-hmm. just have nothing to say about the world today, yeah. um, but this idea of, like, let's make up a, 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 a country that kind of sounds real And, you know, this is this is not new. I mean, you know, it's uh, Mm. it's been going on. I think Um, I remember I used to read DC Comics and they had a a Middle Eastern country called Quarock. Yes. (laughs) right. Yes. Like so this is a common thing. It's like generic country in trouble spot in the world. Which I just find really irritating. I mean, I mean, I get why you're kind of doing it, but it's it's so random and it just sort of weakens whatever you're trying to say. I think if you're even fact trying to say anything, and I get maybe they didn't go into this episode trying to say anything about geopolitics or you know the you know just conflict today, but that also just means like okay, well, uh, I now I, I I see like sort of my, my emotional and my real world stakes are going to be sort of on a different plane now. It's yeah. almost like you might as well say it's a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. You know, like um, <laughs> well, at least that
1: you, you you have you're able to make that logical leap because yeah,
0: of course that could happen in a, in a galaxy
1: far, far away. There are so many stories and potential worlds and potential alien races that you can you can sort of sit back and believe it. Um, but the, the problem with this is it's too close to home. It falls into a geopolitical uncanny valley, if you will.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, if, if the U.S., China, and Russia were all in some foreign country. You know, in some region of the world, like, say, Uzbekistan or, or Turkmenistan, you know, any of the countries it's supposed to represent, um, we would we would be terrified. We would know about it. There would be a reason for them to all be there, first of right. all. Some some resource they were all fighting over. Um, uh, secondly, or some humanitarian
0: crisis or yeah, whatever.
1: We'd be at DEFCON, too. I mean, the world would be in panic. You know, it's something yeah. that... that Bill and penny might sort of mention on their date you
0: know. <laughs> you'd think right you'd, like there'd think... be like a, a newspaper maybe in the background yeah about like tensions rise in uh in southeast asia or the middle east or wherever it happens yeah to be.
1: wherever it's supposed to be uh, yeah so just and i remember th- this was the th- the main thing that stopped me and maybe i'm just too, too much of a politics nerd uh and i noticed this sort of stuff but i think it i think it stopped a lot of people it's the first thing that stopped me the first time around. And just the fact that I mean, come on, you're Doctor Who. You're you're kind of inherently small scale. You don't have the budget to really give us a realistic feel of the three largest armies in the world in the same country. Um, like that scene. There's a scene where the TARDIS lands around a a Russian soldier, mm-hmm. right? And you think it's just a Russian soldier on the phone, and the TARDIS lands around it. No, this this turns out to be the commander of the entire Russian army. Right.
0: Yeah. Uh, and like which, uh, yeah i don't believe it and and like there's so much of like these kind of things in this whole situation that are kind of just glossed over and mm. you know like I, I i get it's tv and you know there's budgets and there's pacing and you just you don't want to stop and explain every little thing but it's still like if i'm as i'm watching it thinking like wait a minute didn't didn't his second in command do so didn't he didn't someone call somebody and like, shouldn't, shouldn't this have been more of a bigger deal in that immediate place than it, it's being portrayed as, um, I like, it's it's just, there's too many of these moments where I'm just like, uh, I don't know if that would happen or work. The the chain of uh,
1: command is super confusing. Um, and this is another, another weird reason why, you know, it's with the randomizer brought us here is we, we recently went to, to dark water slash death in heaven, where the Doctor becomes president of the world. He gets his plane, boat one. Um, and, we're, you know, it's revealed that there's this emergency protocol where if there's an alien invasion, in that case, Cybermen, um, you know, he, he gets to be president of the world, which is great. Um, yeah, finally except, everybody wised up. Yeah, <laughs> which, uh, you know, totally, I'd vote for the Doctor. But um, but then, you know, first of all, he... he, he accepts it, which isn't very doctor like. Um but secondly then then in this episode, you know, we see him be president of the world again. Um, but then nobody listens to him. Um like the, the when they surrender to the monks, um first of all the UN Secretary General surrenders to the monk and the doctor's literally saying no. Uh if he's president of the world shouldn't the Secretary General listen to him? Um Yeah. You know, does he
0: have to listen to him? Yeah you know? like yeah it's, they kind of forget about their own their own hierarchy and where where are the national leaders in this you'd think the president of the
1: u.s would would want to say even if he is orange um and apparently no. according to the just to confuse things geopolitically even further um reportedly the original version of the scripted pyramid had uh a an obvious version of trump uh a version of king kim jong-un which is sort of weird. Yeah. Why why would the North Korean army be in uh, in Central Asia? Um, and Jeremy Corbyn, the the leader of the opposition at the time, leader of the British Labour Party, um, who I guess you know he, he got his closest to being Prime Minister in twenty seventeen during that general election, where you know we we got close to a hung Parliament. But mm-hmm. uh, the, kind of a weird choice. And and just sort of to have it could have been even worse. I guess is what I'm saying here. It could have been a lot worse with those guys as kind of the three stooges of the show. Um, it could have been
0: really confused. And well, know, at least I think we would have gotten something more memorable than yeah. these three sort of hapless quasi military people. And they're just they're just not at all memorable. Yeah. Um, and so even the UDN Secretary General and they sort of all end up surrendering to the monks and getting sort of vaporized. Uh, which you know you are kind of like oh okay you know like uh, it's too bad like it you don't really feel it and uh, uh, you know you're just constantly like what why what are you doing why aren't you listening to the doctor what I, I, you're just you're just not really with it at any yeah. particular point point. it might work if it, if it
1: was if it was played as comedy if it, if it was like played uh, very much like the the movie Mars Attacks you know right. which is kind of what this reminds me of. Uh, but it's definitely not played that way. It's played as if it's definitely serious.
0: Yeah. Were you ever thinking, by the way, like where's Unit? Yes. And they they mention Unit.
1: Um, by the way, uh, you know, no zero stars to whoever does the subtitles on HBO Max, because uh, <laughs> there's there's one. I always watch with the subtitles on, and there's there's one reference to. Uh, the Doctor says something about the, I believe, all the closed-circuit cameras um, or whatever are being monitored, are being routed through Unit HQ. So there's one reference to Unit in the show. Um, Did you but just it, it comes say up you
0: as... always watch with the subtitles on? I, I, do. I do. Oh, yeah. Chris. <laughs> okay, wait a minute. We have to pause for a second because I am now seeing we are looking at each other or listening to each other across a divide. <laughs> Which it separates so many people in this world. Yep. I'm, I'm. I'm so anti-subtitle unless it's a foreign language film. Like my yeah. kids actually like it, and I feel like it's a generational thing. I, because, I think
1: it is. Yes, yeah, it is a generational but thing. But
0: we're we're like of the same generation. We're both we're both
1: exers, right? That that is true. Yes, and, and you're you're younger than me. In fact, so I shouldn't be like this. <laughs> but um, but I I don't know. It kind of makes it like a comic book for me, and I like comic books.
0: Oh, so, okay. that,
1: but you, you know, you, my my wife is on your side. She totally hates it with the subtitles on. She says it keeps distracting her eyes. Like she wants to watch the show, and her eyes keep getting drawn
0: to the subtitles. Um, right. Anyway, the subtitle in this <laughs> sorry part. About <laughs> sorry about that. Sorry about that I just, it just no. suddenly like, wait a minute, something. Uh, my spider sense went off massively, and I had to had to stop the show for a second this is good i i
1: i I do need at some point to write and I do want to write at some point on, on mashable the story about um you know the this generational divide of of having the subtitles on versus not um <laughs> but yeah, it says in the subtitles you, you one thing you notice and you always have them on there are a lot of mistakes, and it says something like un n eight h q and i just i buried my head uh. in my hands at that point, and I was like, oh oh, subtitle writer, is UNIT so alien to you? <laughs> um, you know, ha- have we forgotten how many times they saved the world? I
0: well, think evident- that guy and the guy who writes episode summaries on Netflix <laughs> might be the same person. <laughs> yes, they're related. Um,
1: yeah. Yeah, so Units mentioned, but they're not there. I would love to have, UNIT you know, to been here. Uh, I think this shows why Unit existed in the first place, because it's sort of it's removed enough from the real world, but it feels real worldy.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, the way they wrote it, where there's sort of people in the UN, sort of all have to die. Mm. Maybe that's ostensibly the reason it's not Unit, because then it's like, oh, would would do we have to then kill off Kate Stewart or whoever? Could they write it in a way that doesn't do that? um maybe that's why but what ultimately happens is like again everything's not really memorable and a little bit ridiculous and incomprehensible because when you're playing with unit when you have that you 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 know it's not a it's a it's a real organization within doctor who but it's fictional so you can kind of play with standards and expectations to a certain extent with a sort of a wider uh tolerance whereas when you go with the un and you're trying to do something a little more quote-unquote realistic you're you know as a as a Viewer, your suspension of disbelief meter—it's just a, you know—it gets triggered a little. Uh, you you get out of it too 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 quickly. Um yeah. and, and, just and like, th- this yeah.
1: episode needed more space to breathe. We needed to hear more about the lab that that ultimately destroys the world or or right. is threatening to destroy the world. Um, and we should have focused on that. And maybe this is you know part of what the randomizer is telling us here is that Inferno, which focused so much on the lab that is destroying the world and gave us this wonderful atmospheric entire focus on the lab and unit is there, you know, was a much better uh, experience than, than this with its misdirection with the, the armies at the end of the world. Um, and, yeah, and maybe, trying, trying maybe the randomizer is telling us that, you know, um, more budget doesn't always equal better show.
0: Oh, absolutely. Um, they're definitely similarly themed, similarly plotted in some ways. They're like Inferno, I think because it does spend so much time in the lab and we get to know the characters, the politics, um, there's a countdown, there's a literal countdown. I, this one there is too, but I mean, Inferno just feels like it's a it's a potboiler, you know, like you're really mm-hmm. like, you, you're feeling the pressure build and the suspense build and here you're just kind of like really unsure like where it's even going at, at certain times and why you should care i think that's the main yeah. thing what which is, is a, things... a problem
1: with the moffat era in general i i think yes um and and before before we leave the the three armies fighting i i think that um i have to mention the the most groan worthy line in the entire story for me was when they all uh you know the the chinese american russian uh military leaders all shake hands uh and agree to stop fighting because hopefully that'll make the monks Say that the world isn't going to end anymore, and and they look at the doctor and they say, "What do you say, doctor? Did we
0: just give peace a chance?" Oh, yeah, <laughs> oh, that's no. what the discontinuity guide would call, guide would call a dialogue disaster. <laughs> Agreed, yeah. I, uh, and I completely agree that it is. Um, it's pretty lousy. I think it's partly because that. Honestly, I hate to slam on anyone in particular, but that the guy who does the American general is very of all the forgettable people he's probably Uh, the most forgettable um doctor who's just really bad at americans this is definitely what we're learning with the random yeah generally i I have to think back to van staten who i thought was actually quite good but um Mm, true back to this so one of the things that i think this particular storyline why it's forgettable in the sort of grandness of doctor who is the monks Yes. Uh I feel very strongly the monks are pretty weak sauce as monsters. They uh they look like corpses for this totally nonsensical reason of like they think people are going to destroy themselves so they decided to adopt human form as corpses. Uh okay, that's weird. Mm. Um and it's really like it's it, you don't even really need an in universe this is one of those things where you the in universe reason makes the out universe reason more obvious and like oh why don't you just say they they'd adopted this to scare people yeah so that kids would hide behind the sofa like I mean why don't you just say that because that's clearly what you did for the show uh it's just it's just they're, they're a jump scare monster yeah um, just own then, it yeah exactly and so like and then once you get past like their appearance you, you know like why are they scary like, you know, what do they do to you? And I guess, you know, they uh, they have like, they're kind of like the silence. They have this sort of general lightning bolt thing they fire and you see that more in the second episode. Mm. And I guess, you know, if they, they can touch you and vaporize you and though that's not clear if that's innate to every monk or if that's the thing with uh, the, the whole consent to to have them rule you thing. But it's just, it's, it's kind of like, well, what are you going to do to me other than general alien stuff, right? Like, and I feel like, you know, I, I don't. It's not like Doctor Who has to be like the boys, where you know, Homelander can <laughs> vaporize people with his uh, his eyes, and it's horrific. Although I kind of wouldn't yeah. mind seeing that, but it's like um, they're they're just I don't know. They're just not intimidating at all, like in the way, say, Daleks and Cybermen, where even though those are sort of you know generic ray weapons, like you kind of get it, like why you should run from these those things. Whereas the, I, the monks yes. are just lame
1: the the they're, they're lame and the and the concept behind them is lame and and sort of everything about them is lame from the fact that they they kind of look like El- emperor palpatine and uh, <laughs> from star wars and they they have the same force lightning power apparently uh, so they're kind of a copy um, except their robes are red, although Palpatine's robes were red in the prequels. Yeah, why are um, you
0: wearing torn robes? I mean, like, what yeah. what are what, what is this? And then they they call themselves the Monks. I mean, I don't know if they call themselves that. Actually, I'm not sure if they ever do, but, mm. like, what are your names? Like, we're just called the Monks. Like, that's... <laughs> <It's> <laughs> what funny, kind of name they, is
1: that? It's funny, isn't it? Is the the Primords, also not named uh, in right. Inferno, were scarier, even though they, they cost, you know uh two pounds 75p uh to to put their the costume together and uh you know the monks are just now now first of all i have to to pull you back on the on the silence
0: thing um i are you did you not like the silence no don't get me wrong i feel like the silence their their innate ability to make people forget about them was very interesting it kind of doesn't quite work the way it's made to work in the show. Um. But once you get past that a little bit, and once you're kind of dealing with them physically, I feel like they're a paper tiger, right? Like, like what are you going to do to me now that I'm looking right at you? Like, and they sort of had lightning, but they never really use it unless... Anyway, I think I probably had more of an issue with the sort of action sequences of that particular Mm. storyline than the the silence themselves. Um, So I think the monks fail on that level as well but they also fail on this bigger meta level of like what are your motivations even because you it's never really uh, it's never really quite comprehensible why you're doing any of this and the rules that govern it in the first place
1: yeah i think i think the silence is the right comparison to draw uh I, first of all i think the silence totally worked and i i loved the resolution of that that the way the doctor made them you know totally uh, accessible to Humanity's subconscious via the moon landing. Right. Um, I think yeah, was that a, just a brilliant uh, Moffatty invention, uh, as opposed to this, which is just sort of they they feel like silenced light, and they have they have kind of the same noise and the same same sort of head twistingness, um, and except it, it's super distracting. That apparently one of the things about the monks is that they're they're badly lip synced. Right. You know, sort of like a, a, you know, it feels like a, an Asian movie from, from the 60s, like a Kung Fu film, where they just, you know, the, the lip syncing is, is all out of whack, except it's deliberate. Like, they just open their mouths a lot, and words tumble out, but, and you're, you're sort of trying, you know, your brain goes to trying to match it up with their mouth movements,
0: and it doesn't work. Um, which, but my, which I i guess was supposed to be like i i, that, I get that's what they were going for like yeah. this is weird and we're supposed to be put off by it but again uh-huh. it's one of those things that it, in in practice it just takes you out of the show like you're just kind of yeah. like oh okay and then you then you actually start to think even if you start to think a little bit like well why are they moving their mouths at all like i mean why are not yeah. they just thinking this stuff so my and working no theory real reason for it
1: yeah my working theory with the monks in general um, this is my head cannon on them it's the only way to make them uh, make them work as far as i 'm concerned is they 're just galactic assholes <laughs> they just the, the way that they conquer okay. a race they 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 go around the galaxy and they come along and they say oh well, you you have to consent you know we've we 've built at great expense we 've built this vast simulation of your entire species and um we can tell that you 're about to destroy yourselves um but we're not going to tell you how you just have to consent to love us and if you're only pretending to love us we're going to destroy you uh you know so first of all i mean it's, it's kind of an interesting commentary on the concept of consent um which is an interesting yeah. time to do it like this right at the beginning of of, of me too and the, the whole discussion about consent um and this is like they haven't got the concept um but if if they're just being assholes about it like no you have to consent (laughs) to us in a way that we're not telling you Uh uh-huh well Uh, they're they're
0: complete assholes about it because they even um they say you have to consent the un secretary general says okay i will and then the monk in front of him who says oh but you know what now that you've said that if it's impure, you're gonna die, and it's like, well, wait, whoa, 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 wait a minute! me that rule <laughs> yeah. before I said I, I didn't agree. to Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's such a yeah. jerky move, and he vaporizes the guy. Like, what they they That's say cool. that
1: what they want is like lo- they want to rule through love because it's more efficient. Uh, I don't think they really get the concept of love,
0: right? Like, yeah. Just- well, this is where again, like, I would I would disagree with you in that it's interesting commentary on consent. I think they're kind of trying to twist the word and it's it's a little resonant because you it gets you to think about it I guess but I, I don't think the show has anything interesting to say about it. it's like pseudo commentary <laughs> right like yeah it's like it's consent and it's love and it's strategy you know it's fake because it's strategy and it just doesn't make any sense and, yeah. then, and and ultimately like they end up leaving because they're you know the doctor dismisses them as as dictators um, like it 's so weird, like the doctor hasn 't encountered them before, but the master has so that 's that 's actually one of the sort of better sequences and bits of dialogue in the second episode in the Lies of the yeah. Land where she he 's getting Intel from Missy on who these guys are, and um they they talk about uh that they just go from planet to planet and they 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 pull this shit and uh it's like okay well that and then and then they they leave at the end and so it's like they're they're here and they're they're not here the doctor you know has hasn't seen them before um and hopefully we'll never see them again but it's like well so there's <laughs> these conquerors that the, that we've just just are out there and no one's seen them at least it led yeah. to some fun fun exchanges from missy but um yeah it's just so random well you're
1: getting at one of my my big problems with doctor who in general is that there's there are not enough there's not enough reuse of of monsters like there are all these intergalactic conquerors who we see once and then never appear again who you, yeah. you'd think might have a better hit rate they might be a little bit more successful uh and maybe we could see them more than once like it's not necessary to reinvent the wheel for every damn episode um you know, just sort of what what's happening
0: here. Um, yeah, exactly. But bring yeah. the leptals back for, for <laughs> a hot minute. Uh, bring those. What are those? What were those guys? The, the cryons, or like they were in the Android invasion. I forget what that. The, the K-Rags? I don't know. Everything started with the K back then. But, you know, um, we,
1: we could probably just throw random syllables together, and we would actually hit on a Doctor Who monster that already exists. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, there are so many of them. The um, Nesta yeah, just yeah. To, to close the loop on the consent thing, is ultimately, so Bill does consent on behalf of the human race. Right. Um, because she wants to say that the doctor, so then that's pure. But is, but that's love for the doctor, not love for the monks. And mm-hmm. I, I just don't get how this would work. Like, you land on our planet, you neg us by saying we all look like corpses. You know... So you're going to look corpse-like yourself and totally scary. Then you say, we have to love you, uh, or you're going to vaporize us. Like, when does this actually work? When, <laughs> when do people actually fall in love with the monks? I don't get that. Yeah. You know, how does it happen? Maybe, maybe on a planet where they do all look like corpses, and they're like, ooh, super sexy monks. Um, but... Yeah, it just yeah. doesn't seem to work. Well, and they
0: they, they talk about how it's inefficient, yet yeah. they build these uh statues and they they enlisted a fascist army, a secret police. That sounds pretty hard, you know, like that's a lot of bureaucracy you're doing and and setting up uh 1984 type broadcasts. I mean, yeah. You're doing a lot to like I thought the whole idea of the love thing it was low maintenance. <laughs>
1: Absolutely, and yeah. So we'll we'll get to fascist Britain in a bit, but just to to finish with with of the end of the world. Let's 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 talk about the lab situation. The yes. lab that does actually end the world because one guy had a hangover, and one woman uh, forgot or lost her reading glasses or got them mm-hmm. crushed, and apparently did not like most of us who wear reading glasses. Have fifteen million pairs of reading glasses. Just stashed everywhere because that's what you do when you have reading glasses you buy lots of cheap pairs you know you keep a few at work a few in your home office you know a few in your den buy your pile of books a few by the nightstand but no the the, the world dies because this one scientist um, has her reading glasses crushed in her bag because she was trying to hold the door open um when With she bagged. To, with her bag when she gets to the car like you know all of this requires more things to make sense and, and i get what they were going for there like the, the script was going for this sort of you know for want of a nail kind of situation like the world ends because one mm. pair of reading glasses was crushed um but then it's it's all about her her colleague getting hung over uh, mm. because he was drinking the night before and he wants to sleep under his desk and he puts a decimal point in the wrong place like i don't believe that for one second
0: see i do i gotta (laughs) tell you i I actually think this is a little more realistic probably than uh you would think um Mm -hmm. I don't know the more i have and this might be just a life thing where the more you life experience you have the more jobs you have the the, the further you get in a career and i think you might you probably share this anyway is that you start, you realize everyone is just kind of winging it with yep. whatever they're doing and the things that seem like institutions that are propped up and very resilient really are just people and everyone is stressed out and just kind of doing the best they can. So I kind of get that. Um, That said, uh, I think if part of your point is that, you know, dangerous things usually have more checks than that. Yes, absolutely. Um, Though I, I always sort of think back to the 90s where NASA and JPL were trying to save money yes and there was a i forget what it was it was it was some some mars rover or or probe Mm
2: -hmm. that
0: was supposed to land and it ended up crashing into mars and it was because someone forgot to convert kilometers to miles or back the other way i I think it was it it was
1: even more granular than that i think it was inches to centimeters
0: yeah it was it was just some silly like conversion thing so this kind of thing does happen um and um yeah I mean you know having you know you and I mostly work at at websites and media companies but and those often sometimes seem like you know very resilient to uh I mean I don't know if they seem resilient but they 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 seem more institutional maybe less so today but um I remember when you know when when I was first starting out realizing behind the scenes oh it's just one guy hitting publish and yes. literally you can you can move a, change a word and do whatever you want and it it, it you know yeah. it's like oh, okay
1: yeah, obituaries right, accidentally get published with, you know, HTK and and, and all of that stuff. Yeah, no, I, I get that. And, you know, to, to quote the immortal William Golding on on Hollywood, nobody knows anything. Uh, <laughs> I get that. I get that. But I think that, you know, again, this is the problem with, with jamming too many things into the episode. If, if you're going to do the whole want for want of a nail thing, you've got to spend more time on it. And, you know, we it's only through, you know really watching and pausing the episode do you see the 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 decimal point in the wrong place right and you know it sort of has to be explained off camera you know by the scientist to the doctor when he's flirting with her um you know to, to really grasp what's going on there um it just it it needed it needed more time to focus on it yeah i get yeah. that mistakes are made and i i with more time, I totally would have bought the idea that the world can be ended by uh, a, uh, a GM bacteria um, because a decimal point would put it in the wrong place. But you really need to sell that.
0: Yeah, I'd agree. Um, it's not fleshed out enough. Yeah. One thing I did like about the storyline in this, like I actually think it picked up a bit when we got to the lab part. And I thought the whole investigation to find out what, When they realize it's a mislead, what are what is being misled to, and it's done pretty quickly. Mm. But I did like I thought the doctor's idea of like shutting down cameras and then seeing which ones come back on was pretty clever uh, on a couple. Even though it kind of doesn't quite work, because the monks seem a little are are a little too godlike in their abilities. That I, I I do like that they're kind of weakened a little bit. They're humanized by like oh they're actually using our own technology to observe. Which makes them, you know, a little bit less godlike, which was good. But it 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 it's a little well, counteracting other things because they really are kind of godlike. Because they end up well, giving the doctor his well, sight back with no yeah. with no visible mechanism by which to do that. Do you think that would require some surgery or something? Well,
1: uh, the the one thing we know about the monks, Pete, is that that they're efficient. They like efficiency. So <laughs> what's more efficient than using our own close circuit cameras against us? Um yeah and i i sort of like the bit where the doctor puts all of the you know world's secret information online you know well, that feels like a very doctorish thing to do I, um, I would if, have liked that if only more. because yeah. i love hearing peter capaldi say the word google um <laughs> Which yes. he also does in the uh, oh gosh what's what's the the base under siege one in the previous season oh was that right. the,
0: the Christmas episode or... no it's
1: the it's the bit where he explains the bootstrap bootstrap paradox and then he says the bootstrap paradox Google it
0: oh and yes that, that was yes. such an okay. iconic line that, that my that wife and I still
1: point. say that to each other. We yeah. still say, you know, if 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 one of us is trying to use the other
0: as Google, which happens a lot, uh, we'll just say Google it, <laughs> a little, add a little Scottish burn. Um hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, he's, he's no one says Google quite like Capaldi. Oh. Um, so the, the I like the twist. Um, my problem with it is that it's not. Nearly as impactful as it should be. Like it sounds cool. Like oh, you just put all the intel documents online. That's that's really ballsy. That's amazing. Except you yeah. don't see any other secondary consequence of that. And certainly, of course, the story's not about that. But if if you're not going to do that, then it's less cool. You know, yeah. at least at least when they did that in uh, the Marvel Universe. So like when mm-hmm. they did in Captain America: Civil War, they put all the Shield and Hydra intel out publicly online as well but that actually leads to S.H.I.E.L.D. no longer being an organization like it actually has long consequences for that universe which makes that move really really cool in this case it's like it's just kind of forgotten about right away
1: well Doctor Who does that right and it's not just you know it's not just that at the end of this story that the human race forgets that it was just invaded by aliens it's it's every story the human race just forgets and Uh, and Marvel no but anyway go on Marvel is, is like out in front of the pack and it, it's doing this with the Falcon and Winter Soldier as well of really exploring the implications of its its sort of sci-fi reset buttons. Like they, they reset the Thanos' snap, you know, mm-hmm. but half the world's population came back and now you have to deal with the consequences of that. And there's a whole, you know, terrorist organization because of it. And like, you know, yeah, I, I love what they're doing with sort of second order effects. Doctor Who could do that, it has the intelligence well, to do that, but it doesn't. It hits the reset button every
0: time. That's I, something I think, I'd love to see change in Doctor Who's future. Well, I think, it, I think you're, giving, you're being a little too hard on Who, and especially New Who, because I, I feel like it didn't do that for a long I felt like it actually hmm. did make all these things part of the same universe under Davies. And to yeah. some extent, that extended into Moffat for a while. And this really gets at the heart of... Well, not necessarily the heart, but one of the main reasons why I don't really like the Moffat era as much, even though I like many of the stories, is that he is so liberal with that reset button. Yeah. And at the end, um, I just find it like, you know, it's it's completely, uh, it's not even explicitly reset, you know? Like, it's, there's not like time has been rewound like in, say, Last of the Time Lords, He just kind of glosses over like the lack of global memory, and it's kind of funny, but it's like, Mm. and and I'm not saying I want the show to take itself like really seriously about it. All this stuff Uh, they shouldn't, and you know, stories should just do what they want. But this is this to longtime fans who want all of these adventures to be in the same universe. uh, It's just it's just gets infuriating after a while. Like you need to have something carry over, otherwise, why is it still the same show? Like why not just reboot it entirely?
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I, you know, like I say, I hope that uh, we're going to see more of that as the audience matures, as people become more sophisticated (laughs) in future seasons of Doctor Who. Um, But this is a good point to segue into The Lie of the Land, which is, uh, which I actually liked a lot more the second time around. I don't know. Did you, uh, did you have a a better read on it? Like, I I liked it more than
0: I I think there's more to like about Lie of the Land, and Mm. um, you can, if you, again, managing your expectations, you can have fun with the fun that they're having, right? Like, Mm. like they, actually, it opens really strongly, I thought, with sort of the Monk's alt-history, um, and I think they're consciously doing this. Like, I know we've just been complaining about the monks looking like corpses, but it's, it's honestly just so silly to see yeah. these corpses with the fish crawling out of the ocean and people <laughs> in history. Like, yeah, like these, these great dead bodies were helping us the whole time. And it's, it's, it's so such absurd imagery. Um, I, you know, they're clearly having fun with it. I thought, I thought that were actually worked really well.
1: It definitely is, you know, like, like inferno where a fascist britain was definitely fun for people on the set like the brigadier with his eye patch um you know that this must have been so much fun to film and i think you can see in the Litherland that pearl mackie who plays bill is is having so much more fun in this and gets to like she's kind of flat her character's kind of flat in the well, literally with her if you look at her hair yeah, and you know, and her hair's gone gone all sorts of princess Leia in the second episode, and she has some amazing scenes, and she's so much more vibrant in the second episode, which is kind of ironic because everyone has uh, donned their dystopian tunics. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're all wearing in the in this monk's fascist Britain. We're all wearing like the the most dystopian gear you can imagine you know yeah, everybody's wearing gray blue. or
0: yeah. black <laughs> black or very very dark gray yeah those are the only two colors in the monk's world that, um, that's
1: what they all want us to wear
0: i guess at least the know. fascist police get some red yeah you know that's like the one um the one bit that even the doctor's outfit i mean it's his it's his it's funny it's his more traditional original capaldi magician outfit but it's um it's a little run down it looks like he's been wearing it for six months straight yeah um yeah I,
1: I like that and i thought that that was a specific uh dystopian thing but no then i went back to extremis and he's wearing the same outfit in that so maybe the monks predicted in extremis that he was going to wear it um I by, like, the, by the I way li- yeah. can can i just before you know the, the, mentioning extremis again reminds me that the whole point of extremis was it was the monks running a simulation of Earth. Uh, to find out what what destroys Earth. Like, you know, what leverage can they hold over of us in a bulletin of atomic scientists' doomsday clock kind of way. Um, but surely the fact that parts of the simulation become self-aware and are killing themselves would mess up the entire simulation so the monks don't actually know. Like, if it if it all turns on a pair of reading glasses, you know, in and in one hungover guide, one lab in one part of the world... Then how would the simulation have been able to predict that? Yeah, yeah. Especially if if we were all self-aware in the simulation, we're we're
0: messing it all up. Like you know, if it doesn't quite like, work. And I, 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 it's also never made explicit are the monks time travelers. Like yeah. I don't think they are. So I guess you can make the case in extremis that once the simulation gets to present day, maybe things sort of start to go awry. So that that could explain the people figuring it out and you know checking out of it um yeah my my thing is like to rewind a lie to land for a minute like when they all go to the central computer and they're grabbing the strands and seeing the the dead planet earth like couldn't couldn't they have found out that way like you know just yeah. grab one of those strands and try to find out and uh i they sort of recoil cuz i guess they can't handle the site of the dead planet. I think it's one of the better scenes in live actually is when the doctor's like, Oh yeah, whatever. Not my first dead planet, <clears throat> which mm. by the way, I thought I wasn't, could be a reference to either the dead planet, which is like the first Dalek episode or, or planet of the dead, <laughs> Both yep. with dead planet in the title. <laughs>
1: uh, he's, he's seen a lot of dead planets, man.
2: Um, yeah. But- so
0: like the simulation thing, I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know if, uh, if, this idea like like it's it's hard to buy right like that the 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 lab was the one spot the super weak spot um unless you 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 reckon that it's the weak spot right now like as opposed to like the doctor i think maybe exaggerates a bit like all of human history when was the weakest spot well it's like it has to be the weak spot today because unless the monks are explicitly time travelers like what else what else are you going to work with yeah totally um
1: yeah, it just, there are so many, like, we haven't even got time to talk about all the plot holes, but, like, the the sonic sunglasses, the doctor's supposed to be blind, we've barely mentioned that. Right. Well, but yeah, the sonic happened. sunglasses can render the the age and weight of everyone that he sees, but not the actual visible, you know, thing. Right. I mean, you know, the, the fact that he, he can't get out of the, you know, he's in the lab and he's managed to set a bomb, with a timer somehow, but then he can't see. He, so he can see the numbers on the timer, but he can't see the numbers on the combination lock to get out, which is why well, yeah. Bill. I mean, if you think about it, like,
0: what exactly is he seeing, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, are we like, is he like Geordie in, in Star Trek <laughs> and he has these little knobs on his temples that process visual yeah. information? And if so, why couldn't he process more accurate visual information, right? Like, um,. Uh, yeah, very, very weird. And it's, it's a bit like you might wonder why the doctor didn't go for better cybernetic sight technology. Uh, being a guy who probably has access to any technology anywhere, like, yeah, why not just get better cameras? So, yeah, it's never really clear like how how his sonic sunglasses are transmitting that to his brain. Um. And
1: and couldn't they just transmit video of of the lock to to Bill because obviously he's in you know you go. Wi-Fi or Bluetooth connection with the, with her um, and and then you know she could help him, uh, get a, yeah. Oh, just speaking so of many... technology,
0: so when they're when they have their headphones on in the in the land, and yeah. they're all playing like a Walkman, uh, like a literal cassette tape yeah like like speaking of dystopia like i wasn't sure what they were trying to signal there like so in monk world they've they've regressed technologically like and yeah like, the iPod was they... never invented and cds and like what like
1: so to set the scene they, they have to go into the monk's pyramid which again by the way why are they traveling around the galaxy in a pyramid that's never explained um and uh you know, why did they land it in the middle of london Uh, just to squash everything next to St. Paul's Cathedral. Anyway, they go into the pyramid, and it's the the center, it's fake news central, so they have to, the closer they get to it, the more it is transmitting, you know, uh, fake memories of the monks having always been there, and and them loving the monks, and so forth. So that's why they have to wear the Walkman uh, you know, set up with headphones, with the tape of Bill saying over and over, the monks are not our friends. But yeah, why Walkmans? Right. Couldn't the Doctor have jerry-rigged something together with some Bluetooth headphone connection with one central transmitter to avoid what actually happens where one of the Walkmans gets shot or fried or whatever, and and then one guy can't actually hear this counteracting information,
0: so he goes rogue and uh, tries to shoot the Doctor. Yeah, it's all like... Plot-wise, I mean, it's fine, and, uh, you know, I, I think it kind of works, actually, but with it, I just find it, like, such an odd choice. Like, it's, uh. it's just anachronistic and like, like, this is 2017, right? Like, <laughs> AirPods, I think, are still new, but, like, the idea of, like, a, a cassette player? Like, really? Like, 30 <laughs> years after it was, like, last probably yeah. used, like, you know, in a widespread way? Like... And that again, very, with, very strange. with a little bit more dialogue,
1: with a little bit more explanation, it might have worked. Like, yeah. you know, they, they find a box with them in, and is the only thing they can find. But the, the whole thing is strange. Um, you know, the, the, the doctor is held prisoner, but they managed to break him out quite easily. How um, did you
0: like that, by the way? How did you like sort of semi-fascist, overseer, doctor, turned on, you know, joining the monks? Were you fooled at all, even in the moment?
1: Um, yeah, ish. I mean, you definitely feel, you definitely feel what Bill feels, which is like, oh my God, you too, Doctor. Um, and I I, I could definitely, watching that scene, I think both times I've, I've watched it, you sort of put yourself back into the mind of watching Doctor Who as a kid, where as a kid you would watch that and you'd be totally taken in. You're like, no, mm-hmm. the Doctor's gone evil. No, you're not supposed to say that. Um but he I think Capaldi sells it really well what really annoys me about that scene and has annoyed me both times is the fake regeneration okay so, you know he makes it so that Bill you know it's a big test for Bill as it turns out um by the way I love that the reference to the, the the monster under the Thames and she deliberately makes it the monster under the Seine uh I mm. thought that was a nice callback to a previous episode from yeah, the season good. um and, uh, and then he's like no, That was that was a signal by the way Like He, he betrays even that you know, Oh my god um, And then she shoots him and, and he fakes his own regeneration And to me you know, And then he turns it off And he's like congratulations everyone And you passed the test bill uh, To me this was just so Obvious an attempt to Do it for the For the trailer Right, right. Because right. we were all watching that. Tra- it was in the trailer for the season as a whole. We're like, what? Capaldi regenerates? Because the- or- we knew he was leaving the show. I think right. it was widely known at this time that he was leaving the show. So that feels like an extremely moffat touch. To, to give us a fake regeneration so we can all have our little headcanon and theories about it. And then he can point and laugh at us uh, when it turns out to not be a regeneration after all.
0: Yeah, and I guess maybe... I mean, I don't think I was keeping up too much with... I mean, I knew he was leaving, I guess, but if if in the moment, even if you're a fan and you're not really buying the Doctor Act, like, maybe you're thinking, like, oh, this is how he gets out of it. He regenerates, and then the next actor, you know, re- reboots his mind or something. Um, see, I gotta be honest. I, I, I was never really fooled, and um, not even really ish. Like, you kind of, like, it's never really quite set up in in uh, a sophisticated enough way to get you to be convincing, I think. Uh, hmm. I totally agree with you on the regeneration, by the way, because it, it brings up a whole host of questions. Does he can he just create that energy effect whenever he wants? I think he's kind of done it here and there. I, I but well, I, he,
1: he gave he's never done it as a, as a fake out. He did it to give Davros in uh, the Witches Familiar right. he gives Davros a little bit of regeneration energy. But it's always real regeneration energy, right? This is not something that he can... If he could just put it on as a fireworks show, you know, why hasn't he done that before? You know,
0: Well late yeah. nights
1: in the TARDIS. You know, everyone's bored. There's nothing on TV. Yeah, it's just... The <laughs> <laughs> doctor can put on a show. Yeah. Everyone could go, ooh, and ah.
0: Yeah, I know. And I feel like you kind of have to establish better rules on, like, what counts as a regeneration or not. And it mm. wasn't until, I think, Smith regenerated that they finally said, oh, the second tenant counted. Yeah. That's, a, that's once, which was yes. good. And Moffat, um, in fact, told us that when he
1: was... We, we had the the whole issue uh, in the time of the Doctor, the very end of Matt Smith's reign. Right, um, right. That's that, what I'm that about. It turns out that he's actually at the end of his twelve regeneration cycle. And... We were, all thinking, oh, no. we were all thinking he's on 11 regenerations. And Moffat would say in interviews, count the regenerations as something you'd missed. And what he meant was, you know, uh, was David Tennant being able to throw his regeneration energy when he gets shot by a Dalek into his hand, creating a second David Tennant. Um, yeah. So, yeah, if you're yeah. going to have the rules that that was a regeneration according to Moffat. And then Moffat turns around and is like, no, regeneration is just, you know, it's not regeneration, it's pretend fireworks. It's just internally inconsistent and it's, yeah. it's maddening.
0: Yeah, and so with the with the whole does the doctor turn evil or whatever, I wasn't really fooled. And I, I mm-hmm. the thing I thought about afterward um, was actually um, the show Angel. And I don't know if you've been a fan of Buff or, Buffy or Angel, but I felt like the second season of Angel where Angel kind of goes dark. Uh, he doesn't quite join the bad guys, but he, he adopts a more milit- militant stance against them and loses himself, right? Um, yeah. Which I thought that's kind of a much better, more sophisticated uh, and convincing, because he really does, like sort of go dark version of the, of the hero, like kind of going evil. And I would love to see that... Or some with version of that with the doctor. Mm. Mm. Um, again, I, I feel like I'm, I'm getting a little beyond the scope because I agree with you. If if you think about it as a kid show and this is for kids, oh, it's like oh, okay, that that's kind of cool and kind of works and it's probably a bit memorable for kids. But I, I kind of want you know a little more meat to it, and I really wouldn't mind if Doctor Who went in that direction sometime. Uh, yeah. Of like, what would it mean for a not necessarily black uh, or, or dark doctor, but at least someone who's gray.
1: Yeah, and and this would have been a perfect opportunity to explore it. And again, we have the main problem with the entire Moffat era, which is you're just burning through ideas. You're burning through great ideas so fast that a we don't buy them because you're not fleshing them out, and b they they would have made great the whole entire stories on their right. own. And if if it was an American show with you know twenty four episodes a season. Uh, you, you might have more more time, but you know at least don't don't burn through. You know, pick and choose your great Doctor Who ideas, and really flesh them out. Um, you know, and maybe you know I, I wasn't necessarily fooled by the Doctor. You know, "quote unquote" turning evil, but I thought maybe it was something to do with the fact that soldiers were in the room, or he was playing a part, and it had kind of got to him. Like you know, that that's interesting psychology to play with. You know, yeah. if you if you play a role for long enough, do you become that guy you know um right, right you know so so there's there's so many directions to go with it and it just ends up being being a joke and then the a doctor big nothing
0: burger. yeah and the well, doctor
1: could have broken out at any time
0: yeah well that too and i like i like you're so right about like oh this this even though it's three episodes long and uh, given what we've said about the monks probably shouldn't have been longer what they're trying to do here should have been like a season-long arc right uh, yep. And it should have been rewritten with a better monster and really flesh out these themes, and also like just provide a better story. Because as soon as they there's the reveal that he's actually not bad and Bill's okay, like okay, what are we doing? Oh, let's just go straight to the pyramid and <laughs> like attack. And it's it's like why did you spend six months earning the trust of the monks if your immediate play <laughs> is to just blow your cover and and like dive right into the, the the bad guys headquarters I'm like that's just bizarre like what
1: yeah at, at least show us like all they show is you know with with Bill's voiceover we see them make their way back to Bristol uh, the doctor's professor and they're, they're just sort of hiding right under the nose of the mucks which doesn't suggest that they're they're fascist super state with with fascist soldiers everywhere uh is is working very efficiently if the doctor can just do an end run around that so we, we we need at least one scene or two scenes to give us the sense that the doctor is very good at evading detection yeah um so- and uh you know we we should talk about nardole um, okay. who we haven't mentioned at all in this episode which is kind of a problem with Nardol in general that he doesn't always have a whole lot to do he's kind of the comic relief exactly um he he almost dies in the pyramid by the way because the doctor got him some cut price lungs <laughs> and, and, and uh yeah. he almost dies of the of the bacteria that the scientists had, and accidentally they,
0: created they never quite but, confirm he's a cyborg, but i yeah. think it's kind of clear since he was like beheaded even before this and uh yeah nardole's fun i like nardole he's he's uh you know he's he's effective comic relief um but yeah, it's unfortunate. It is the overall problem with him. You never really get at him and mm. what he cares about, why he's even sort of hanging out with the Doctor now. Um,
1: but he does get his one moment in uh, *The Lie of the Land*, uh, which is he gets to do the Tarovian neck pinch right. to take out the Doctor, who uh, t- take out the soldier who's going to shoot the Doctor because his walkman was destroyed. Not all comes up behind him with the old trope of conveniently timed attack from behind. Does the neck pinch and he goes down. And he gets to say this whole thing about, oh, I learned this Tyrovia neck pinch. And I can do it with this hand. I can't do it with this hand. Um, which is good because, the, you know, if, if, we, if, we were, um, if we weren't a new podcast and we had letters and emails, uh, we, we <laughs> would probably have gotten emails last week about the fact that we didn't mention uh, Venusian Aikido. Uh, which is because Inferno is the first episode in which this this famous sort of you know uh, space sounding martial art uh, is is mentioned by Pertwee. It shows up again later in the Pertwee era.
0: Oh, many um, times, yes.
1: But it is um, the, on this first outing, it is talked, uh, is mentioned as Venusian karate, um, right? Which is interesting because. You know barry letts would always talk about oh i was looking for something peaceful you know a peaceful martial art for the doctor to use so i chose aikido because it's entirely defensive moves uh well that's sort of a a smoothing down of history speaking of fake news <laughs> and fake history barry because it was introduced as karate which is not an entirely defensive martial art uh, no
0: no even though uh, as much as the uh, the karate kid movies would would like us to believe otherwise <laughs> um but, yeah, I, I feel like maybe – here's here's my suspicion, okay, and just this is a little Inferno interlude to, to keep going with it, mm-hmm. is that Pertwee might have heard what he uh, – this might have been like an a, um, improvisation from Pertwee because he might have heard Akito. It might have even been scripted that way. But I don't think people really knew about it at all. It just sounded like a weird sort of name – and he thought like, Oh, we need to ground that into something better. I know what karate is. I'm just going to say karate. And given what <laughs> I've heard in terms of stories about Pertwee and the lines he changed and stole, <laughs> like yeah. famously stole Sarah's line in the five doctors. Cause he thought it sounded better. Um, that feels like, you know, I'm kind of making it up, but it feels like that it might've been just a Pertwee like, okay, I'm just going to call it Venusian karate. Cause I know what karate yeah. is and I'm just going to go with it. That makes sense. I'll buy that.
1: Um, but yeah, the Tarovian neck pinch and he gets to say he's a brown belt in it. Um but it's also it's not even a reference to to whose own history. It's apparently a reference to the, the Vulcan neck right. pinch. Because the next thing he says,
0: Okay, trek on <laughs> Oh, not at no. all. Yeah uh, Speaking of um well, it's not a Nardle moment, but uh, uh, a moment of with another character who who is delightful, uh, Missy, uh, yes. in this episode. I think, honestly, are the best scenes are when, when Michelle Gomez is on screen because um, she's delightful. She, she calls Nardle an egg at one point. <laughs> Uh, But all of her lines are just like, I mean, it's obviously like this is Moffat dialogue, you know, at its finest. He's clearly like very on writing for Michelle Gomez and and the Missy Um, because she she even references like Celebrity Love Island at one point when she talks about how Bill, uh, you know, if they wanted to stop the Monk's plan, they would have to turn her into a husk and she couldn't Mm -hmm. even get on Celebrity Love Island. Yes, being brain dead, which was kind of fun. so
1: so mofty and so perfect for Michelle Gomez. And then, uh, as one of the things she asks for in return with uh, helping out with the monks uh, is a pony, and um I, I I really hope that Missy got her pony.
0: Well, and I also think, like in terms of like the points this series is making about anything, I feel <laughs> like Missy has the best one, where she talks about how you know he just says, "Well, kill." kill the anchor who is bill like, and then the monks are weakened and you can get rid of them. The doctor refuses to do that. And she's like, well, look like you have your version of good. I get what you're trying to do with me, but your good is one version of good. And what I propose is actually pretty good. So like, and if you're expecting me to be you, that's never going to happen. And that was actually, I thought very powerful, like in terms of her point.
1: That was a good line. That was, you know, I love it when Doctor Who gets ambiguous about the Doctor's role, the fact that he does just, you know, swan in to all these situations and sometimes makes things worse, and uh, his companions, you know, often end up the worse for having travelled with them, and he abandons them and forgets them. Like that is that is the best of Who to me when it actually deals with the. The complexity of the Doctor's character. So this definitely works with that. And the complexity of the Master slash Missy. You know, the mm-hmm. fact that she's she's remembering all the people she killed.
0: Oh, yeah. Which honestly, like, to me, again, the most memorable scene of the episode, which mm. has kind of nothing to do with the episode, right? Like, I mean, this is more about the broader arc uh, of Missy and the Doctor and, and to some extent the season. Um, but yeah, when she's she's crying uh, for the pee-pee she, she's killed um and you know just telling him you didn't you didn't tell me about this um and and he's trying to sort of reassure her that you know it's this is this is good this is worth it we just got to get yeah. through it um really yeah he's, really he's taking stuff. the missy
1: through therapy he's he's basically yeah. a missy's
0: therapist in this yeah. which is nice I, I wish we'd seen more of that yeah throughout um yeah. but to get to the the end of the actual the episode proper Um, to me, this is honestly like, I feel like in some ways it's the weakest part. It wasn't, it wasn't terrible, but this idea that Bill's, uh, the image of her mother in her head, um, which the doctor enabled by, by showing her those photos because being a time traveler, he's able to do that. Um, it's just like this one pure image that defeats the monks. And my problem with this is that this is a, it's, it's such a repetitive, a climax in Doctor Who knew who, particularly in Moffat's era, that it's really become so tiresome and predictable, and just it's it's really kind of almost glossing over the end. Like, um, it it, if you think about like the end of the Rings of Akaten, right? Like, there's the leaf from Clara that sort of defeats that god. Um, yeah. there's the tears from Clara and the snowmen that defeat uh, the the great intelligence and all that. The there's um. The mother in the the doctor, the witch in the wardrobe. When she journeys back to Earth, she has to think of love and all this. Like, I, I'm not trying to to be too hard on this because this is, in some senses, like Doctor Who at its best, right? When it does this uh, romanticism conquering evil. I mean, I get that that's the show and that's what it's about, and it's it. I'm not against that. I just feel like when you repeatedly do this without enough. Set up without enough like earning of it, as I've said before about Moffat, it just feels like you're just pulling out the trope, and, uh, and at some point you're just like, okay, come on, you know, like yeah. I, I, I defeated the the villain with 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 tears and love again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I want to get to a point where honestly, like that doesn't work. Like, I would love to see yeah. an episode where, you know, like it's, 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 I'm at that point where I, I want to see that twist. Oh, we 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 have all the stuff set up to defeat the enemy with love and it doesn't work and we've got to do something else. That would be refreshing.
1: yeah, that would be much more appropriate for our era, I think. Um, yeah, I think, you know, a num- number of things occurs in response to that. First of all, I think in, in Britain, this would be seen as the Hollywoodization of Doctor Who because mm-hmm. uh, it feels like a much more Hollywood ending to defeat things with love um Secondly, I think it's sort of problem with the, the format of new Who stories that you you have to kind of, you know, because it's so single episodic or double episodic, you have to wrap things up very quickly. And how else are you going to do it, you know? But with this sort of schmaltzy, you know, tears of love, leaf of love, image of my dead mother kind of kind of situation, you know, you got to wrap stuff up quickly. And it mm-hmm. it was definitely a strength of the old series that you don't didn't have a lot of those kinds of endings um there were you know you you set up a a longer game in terms of defeating your villains and didn't have to wrap things up in the final five minutes um so yeah but yeah i think i think you're absolutely right and especially especially in the modern era where you know things uh, morality is so complex now that we we need more complex endings we need to play against type we need to upend expectations um and to that point, speaking of Doctor Who in the modern era, it's kind of fascinating that the whole, the whole fake news central thing, the, the, the gaslighting, you know, is a word that isn't used mm. in Lie of the Land, but it is what the Lie of the Land is. It is political right. gaslighting. And it's kind of fascinating that this is a show that was uh, filmed before Trump even became president. And it kind of accurately predicts what the entire Trump presidency would be about. Now it's it's not like none of us could guess this is how the Trump presidency would go. Um, in fact, uh, you may remember Pete, I, when we were both at Mashable, I, I wrote a couple of stories in 2016 saying, "Hey, hey America, you may be sleepwalking into a Trump presidency." Yeah, uh, I, I will. I, I will always. That. I will also remember you. You messaged me on Slack the day after the election when we were all in shock. Uh, and you you said, well, I guess the sleepwalk is over. Yeah, I did. Um,
0: I actually, I, I completely <laughs> forgot about that until you just said it right now. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, man. like you had, uh, you called it, my friend. Yep. Uh, and
1: and so, yeah, we could definitely see that. But I, I, we didn't necessarily think that it would be so, the entire presidency would be about gaslighting right from the start, right from the, the talk of, you know, how many you know, how large was his crowd at the inauguration, right? Like the very first act of the presidency was gaslighting, uh, you know, and saying the media got it wrong and talking about fake news and effectively using this term fake news, which was kind of at the time that this was filmed, it was used to refer to uh, the sort of more unsavory uh, like Facebook posts and everything that had been going around about Trump. Like, you know, I remember there was one story going around, Which turned out to be written by this, you know, uh, farm of uh, uh, fake journalists in Macedonia, right? About, you know, Mm -hmm. the Pope supports Trump. Denzel Washington supports Trump. Right. Um, Like, that's what fake news was. And Trump, with his expert jujitsu, kind of just turned that around on the media, you know, the Lugan press, the lying press, fake media, fake news. Um, Yeah. So expertly. And this no. and this precedes all of that, so it's it's kind of like you know it's it's almost Doctor Who predicting the world that we were
0: entering, and and that gaslighting would become a central feature of it. Yeah, you're probably giving them a little too much credit in terms of <laughs> what they were what they were doing, but I I see your point. Um, there's like I I don't mean to take a political stance either way. I know the you know in response to what you would say, and I'm not saying this, but I know a lot of people would say there's there's a gaslighting that, that has emerged in response to Trump as well um, hmm. and it's kind of hard to know where you stand in the middle of things uh, sometimes with with two factions constantly trying to and well, and honestly on you know, many issues even more um, uh, and to have a I, I would actually love to see a doctor who episode that looks at the political and communications apparatuses involving you know media big tech politics uh, and unpack those a little more uh, With respect to Like Who to believe, who's in control And what are the tools Behind that, and I think they do do that to some extent I think there was a little bit of that In Whitaker's um, Season with Spyfall yeah, yeah. That uh, that that Had a little commentary on Google I mean they they, they touch on it, but I would, I would really like To see the idea Of this episode, and I don't necessarily Want another jackbooted Fascist regime uh, thing happening, but I would like to see you know what you might think of as like kind fascism, right? Like the idea, almost like the circle. If you've read that book, yes, which is yes, had a terrible movie made around it, but the book itself is is quite compelling in how it explains how you know tech can facilitate a bit of a surveillance state and yeah, uh, that one that we've all
1: voluntarily you know. Yeah. Uh, agreed to you know which is kind of the situation with facebook exactly
0: and like yeah. um there's I, I like it when sci-fi comments on this i remember early on in agents of shield uh a show i, I never ended up keeping up with that much but mm. there's like well i know what what they're trying to figure out what happens in some uh some something that happened in a subway in germany or someplace and he's like well i know the first thing what i would do if i saw something weird instagram and they all go like look at the social media networks and uh Mm. they make a commentary like this part of the job gets easier every year like people (laughs) people just keep putting stuff out there and it's yeah you know you just see it i Um, love it so it's like the interesting little tidbit of commentary on the surveillance state that just has emerged voluntarily Um, yeah
1: science science fiction in general is having a hard time kind of catching up with our social media world and uh you know wonder one way it's done effectively is you know this this trope that has started i think it started with sherlock of like, you know, texts will appear on the screen, mm. you know, uh, and you just sort of explain a lot of the plot that way. That's kind of nice. I think we're, you know, you know, why not show Instagrams on the screen or Facebook posts or, you know, something yeah. like that. You know, we're going to have to develop a new language to talk about this new world that we're in. Um, and Doctor Who could be a big part of that. I will say, you know, in closing on, on the gaslighting thing, that one of my favorite parts of Lie of the Land is right at the beginning... Where we get, you know, again, it's sort of a a very, um, you know, uh, cliched scene of a fascist Britain almost where, you know, a family's watching TV, they're watching the doctor talking about how great the monks are. Then the doors get kicked in and mom gets carried away because it turns out that she was distributing, you know, anti-monk literature. And I just love that she is arrested under the... It's, I think, it's the False Memories Act of 1975, right? Yeah, <laughs> which is in itself a false act, right? You know, I just love that. That's so clever, and and has so many layers within itself. Yeah, um, that that speaks to gaslighting on its own. I'd love to see more of that, and with more of that, this might this episode might even have worked.
0: <laughs> well, it worked temporarily for the monks, so we don't quite have to do the what if the evil plot had succeeded. Yeah. part we saw it succeed uh, i guess you could sort of say like well what if it had succeeded for all time and i guess we just see more of uh, <laughs> like the well, earth would become a fascist uh part of the monk's empire uh sort of fueling it and helping them spread to other planets and it would be interesting to see how they how they cope on scarrow or tell yeah. us.
2: <laughs>
1: yes how, how do you gaslight like daleks yeah that's, that's what i'd like to see. i uh, actually you bring up an interesting point which is missy says that it has to you know they forge a psychic link with the, with the person who consented which is bill and then it gets passed on through the bloodline right which is eh first of all let's not talk about bloodlines doctor who come on um <laughs> secondly what? What, do you, what do you mean
0: why what, what does that mean
1: oh just oh god it's it's an issue that i know from star wars fandom like there's too much talk of the Skywalker bloodline and the oh the how many and, Chlorians and, you get yeah yeah, yeah yes and Palpatine you know Ray being a granddaughter of Palpatine there's an issue of like oh Star Wars is ultimately all about bloodlines, um but secondly what if Bill just refuses to have children right you know yeah. uh, it's not a given um but well, you'd you know also think that...
0: they would they would pay more attention to her not to go back to the story yeah <laughs> whatever but yeah like they'd they'd probably monitor her a little more closely yeah um... they.
1: They maybe know if Nadal broke into her flat, or she ended up, you know, going on a on a ship to the the Doctor's prison hulk. Yeah. Oh, you know, reason one hundred why why this story just doesn't meet the suspension of disbelief yeah. Uh, line. Yeah. You know.
0: oh, so, right. anyway, what's <laughs> uh, what's your bottom line on this one? I think we were both kind of on the Dalek versus Ogron, or probably in an Ogron. It's definitely an Ogron for me. It didn't it didn't really work uh, on many oh, levels, it's... despite some some nice moments from Missy.
1: It's it's an ogre and a half for me, but you know what? Um this is I'm so glad that we've found so much talk about it because my my fear when we, when we set up this sort of random, you know this decision to go through all of Doctor Who randomly, uh my first fear actually my <laughs> my first fear was that we were going to go to something like Fear Her. Uh <laughs> which is one of my least favorite episodes of Doctor Who. i was like what happens when we do that you know what happens when we get to the really bad episodes and you know you may remember my groan in the last uh, episode of *Pulled to open when we when we ended up here because i was like oh this is this is my nightmare come true you know this is just a bad episode but i i like that this is this is proof that we've got a lot to talk about and it's sort of intersecting it like I've, I've made my peace with it and um you know, we've found a lot to talk about and we've just we've gotten into a really deep discussion of what Doctor Who is and and what it could be. And I, I like that. And it sort of it reminds me of what Stephen King says about I may have mentioned this before his line about how to how to learn how to be a novelist, which is that you learn a lot more from bad novels than from good ones. Mm, because good the question it, of on. why yeah. something doesn't work is almost more interesting than the question of why something does work.
0: And That is why the whole critic industry exists. Um, yeah, no, I totally agree. I, I, I loved a lot of the discussions we've had, um, and uh, if there's anything that I would consent to love out of love, it is Doctor <laughs> Who. So this is, uh, yeah, this is we're seeing the fruits of it. Uh, speaking of the randomizer and jumping around, shall we uh, yep. embark on our next journey?
1: We shall. Uh, And once again, for the benefit of new listeners, we use random.org, which uses atmospheric noise to give you a real random number, not a a fake computerized algorithmic random number, which just guesses at randomness. And Um, we
0: have uh, organized every Doctor Who story into a single spreadsheet. Yep. Uh, there are 297 by our count in terms of yep. stories that have been televised. There's obviously everything that's been televised, and uh, we pick a random number between one and and 297, yep. and uh, or actually should we? No, it's 298, right? Because we, I think we gotta re, we gotta fix this spreadsheet, right? Because <laughs> we've been yeah. going um, by the numbers on the the spreadsheet, but yes actually line two. one is is just the, the <laughs> table height. so we're going to fix that so maybe after this week
1: <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll fix it up yeah. i mean how, i tell you how we would be doing it is random.org you you uh you enter a min number and a max number and i've just been doing min to max
0: 298 oh cool um okay well, well then we haven't too. yeah so we're, yeah. we're fine we i thought for a second we were fundamentally flawed <laughs> but you've actually been starting it too so we're good
1: yeah, uh, so, you know, if we get a decimal point at the wrong place, we're going to blow up the world. So no, we're, <laughs> we're not doing that. Um, but right. uh, I, I should also say, and this is this maybe this is going to happen this week for the first time. At some point, we're going to hit a number that we've hit on before, in which case you just roll again, right?
0: Yeah. That until until such time as we've we've that starts happening all the time, we might need to yeah. rethink. But uh, yeah. I think we've got a good a good long while before that we have that problem so I love at some yeah. point
1: we should we should calculate how many weeks this is going to take us <laughs> <laughs> to watch all of doctor who because at 298 this is uh that's that's many years yeah um, well, at some point but... we'll
0: be able to you know just compress it all into some kind of ar experience while we're walking around so i'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll be able to you get get G P. What's the what's the thing that writes things? G P T three, and we could get it'll be G P T twelve. That'll just do the podcast for us.
1: Oh my god, I can't wait to listen to that. Uh, all right, so how we do is that I've got the numbers, you've got the spreadsheet. I'm 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 doing mm-hmm. this blind. All right. Uh, so there's no favoritism. I'm going to hit the generate button, and I'm genuinely afraid <laughs> of where the randomizer's going to. You've do already us you've next. already jinxed
0: it with fear. Her. But we'll see. We'll see. I know.
1: Happens. That's what it's going to be. It's going to be fear Her or it's going to be extremis. Oh,
2: my God.
0: <laughs> Let's see what happens. Shall, you, shall All we roll right.
1: it? I'm ready Ready to roll. Hit generate and. Don't blink.
0: 125. 125. It is. Oh, my God. It's Modern Undead. <gasps> no it way. It is.
1: Oh, my God. We're
0: back with Davison. seriously so so many doctors we haven't hit yet and we're back with Davison now don't this is wow this is so weird and uncanny okay so not only is it Davison which as you know is my doctor I I started with Davison it's the first episode I saw with David. this is this is the this is my genesis of Doctor Who fandom that's insanely creepy it's modern undead
1: and it's a Brigadier episode and it's a Brigadier Um, episode and it's a Turlo episode. And it's a Turlo episode. My God. Uh, as far as the randomizer is concerned, the, the Brigadier and Turlo are, are pretty much the only companions in yeah, Doctor apparently. Who history. Like, wow. This they're is, everywhere.
0: This is so eerie. This, I mean, this is the randomizer is so not random. I mean, it's... it's
1: <laughs> the it, Doctor's trying to send us a message. Yeah, literally. Modern Undead was... It was not my first Doctor Who, but it was certainly one of the creepiest hmm. that I remember from childhood. And, and I remember missing one of the episodes and and kind of coming into it with, I think I, maybe I missed the first episode. I came into it thinking that the Doctor had regenerated. Right? right. Because there's that weird thing where they think it's the Doctor. Anyway, we'll, well, here we'll it get to that. here it is.
0: another fake regeneration. Yeah. You know, <laughs> oh, like, my God. Look at oh. this. Yeah. There are some very strange patterns emerging from... this the randomizer uh where it's taking us wow and
1: and it gets us into the whole 1970s 1980s thing chris in a week
0: we're going to be standing in front of a a cork board with (laughs) (laughs) strings and pictures and newspaper clippings and we're going to be like what's the randomizer trying to tell us
1: yes lots of lots of pictures of the brigadier in his many yeah. different versions
0: <laughs> is this mustache real or not
1: <laughs> oh my god i love it well okay I'm looking forward to it yeah um,
0: I... it's gonna be a great journey uh this has been great good commentary on a so episode thanks everyone for listening um. This is Pull to open again. We are a podcast. Please subscribe to the program if you have not yet. We are available wherever you find great podcasts. Uh, and please leave us a review. Be like Jana. Jana is so smart and kind and cool and really, really good looking. Um, she left us a review. Why don't you do that as well? Um, yeah,
1: and, and we'll read it out on air, and we will thank you, Profusi,
0: mm-hmm. and you'll be guaranteed some swag whenever we start making swag. Um follow us on the socials we are all on uh tiktok first and foremost at pull to open uh we're also on twitter and instagram at pull to open 63 please follow give us a like or two if you like the stuff you see and you know maybe why don't you leave us a comment we'll comment back
1: yeah and i might even do some some live tweeting on on the twitter account when when i watch modern and undead and can follow along with that so uh, please follow us pulled open 63 on twitter yeah me too uh, i'm excited am, about that one i'm future boy on twitter you're pete michelle on twitter and
0: uh yeah we will
1: we will be back here in two weeks time and I'm very much looking forward to it
0: all right good talking to you chris and we will talk to you again very soon